Patty Duty, y'all. I wanted to share a story about dental parenting. Um, <clears throat> oh, five, five, five. Um, I'm actually driving, so I can't make like a video right now. And I don't know if I have the uh, space to make a, a, a writing, a post about this tonight. But I wanted to speak about it. So this morning, when my son and I were up, we were having a beautiful morning. It was full of love and joy and peace and harmony. And then I had something that was like um, a headband that I needed to put on my hair. And my my three-year-old saw it and got really excited and was like, okay, give it to me. And I was like, you know, no, you can't have it. And they started to get really worked up. You know, they were like, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me crying and you know screaming and so one by one different members of my household came in now you know my um, household has pretty poor boundaries so I'm not sure if this will apply to everyone but I think it's an important lesson so you know one by one people came in you know like why is your kid screaming what are you doing you know what can I do like oh come with me and you know that only made the situation so much worse. Um, and when they finally left, you know, and my baby finally, you know, realized, like, yes, like, I'm here, I'll hold you, you know, I've got you, but the answer is still no. There was, like, some calm, and then, you know, we all sort of left our room together, and then I left my baby with a family member for five minutes, and I went outside to just breathe in the sunshine and just get grounded um and then I came back inside and my baby was just laughing and playing and just so happy and you know one really important thing (coughs) about understanding (coughs) like child rearing and child development and toddler and infancy and stuff is like understanding for me with my values and stuff the way my morals are set up is like understanding when like it's okay to cry you know and I think a lot of people that I like grew up around and that I saw like I think have a lot of their own traumas and I think a kid like screaming or crying they immediately want the crying to stop like it traumatizes them it triggers them like a kid is being like a b u s e d and The thing is, it's that, like, you know, as humans, we have an attunement to that cry. We want to get up and do something, and it's so important. And I think one thing that we really miss out on is that, like, crying and, like, expressing emotions is so healthy, normal, and important for a functional, you know, living, partnerships, family, communication. When you grow up, you have to know how to express your feelings otherwise you compartmentalize them and become violent and that violence usually expresses itself you know to the people nearest and dearest to you and so it's just very interesting to me because these same people who can't oh two 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 (laughs) that's so cool I've never seen that on a license plate that's got to be like an army person or something um those same people who can't stand the crying of my child because of like a very you know healthy boundary that's so important that I'm you know 
allowed to like set and explain and the reaction which is totally normal as well and healthy and a good response actually um are the same people that if a kid you know you know won't be quiet in the grocery store or something they might spank their kid and their kid will cry then but that crying is like and then they just tell the kid like stop crying or you know they might like do the cry it out method and leave their baby alone for hours at a time and say like you know oh it's fine so it's just interesting to me like when the cries like trigger people and what I see with this kind of um relational experience is that in the immediacy the discomfort that you know older people feel because of the like emotions of children are how they're moving their lives around which is based on like reactions humiliation embarrassment whatever and it's very dangerous and I'm not talking about only crying I'm talking about a lot of the time that I see people you know upset at young people toddlers and children in like grocery stores or stores because they're like crying or quote-unquote throwing a fit or whatever I what I what I see is that their social capital their reputation is actually in danger and this is not a judgment right sometimes there are very real reasons that they wouldn't want their reputation to be in danger you know I you know it's uncomfortable when you're you know next to somebody and they just have a very 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 strong emotional reaction very publicly whatever some people they're scared that you know the police might come or so like people have very real reasons to have a strong reaction however you sign up for all of this when you take charge of a little person not even a parent if you're the aunt that's babysitting and taking the kids to the store if you're the nanny if you're the uncle that's taking the kids birthday shopping and it's also important to remember that like capitalism is designed to sell things to us and not just us but like our children i can't tell you how many times i'm so happy and i'm like oh we made it through the store blah 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 perfect and i like put my kid down at the cash register and he picks up like three candies and he's like mom I want them can I have them or I've made it to the door my son I'm holding him over my shoulder and directly in his reach is a lollipop that he grabs and he's like can we take it can we take it or a toy or whatever and it's like it's not at all their fault that they want everything that they see but also if we're not and it's a it's basically a war because capitalism is just constantly just advertising in our faces and our lives and our families and our intimate moments they're just telling us you know how we should feel how we should compare ourselves to others and so on and so forth and it's really important that we have like the emotional elasticity the groundedness to be able to sit through our kids discomfort and it it can be triggering especially if you've ever experienced trauma blah 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 I know for me there have been times like I was spanked a lot as a child I was yelled at a lot there there have been so many times like I cannot tell you so many times where I would get like emotional flashbacks like PTSD to like if my child did this little thing and I would like have all these emotions come up because like if I had done anything like that like I probably would have been hit or yelled at when I got home or punished or whatever and then I would have been you know sitting in my feelings just feeling overwhelmed it's just like this terrible cycle but you know that half hour it probably took close to honestly you know it felt like a long time but it probably wasn't even that it was probably like 15 minutes right that 15 minutes of us sitting there and me consistently being like no and my kid like crying and stuff while I like held him and said like you know and didn't (laughs) scream at him and didn't like hit him or didn't and importantly didn't give him what he wanted and this is it so now like 
let's go into another really important aspect of this. You know, <clears throat> in this war <laughs> against reproductive rights, reproductive justice, women, people, the earth, humanity, that capitalism and its minions are waging <laughs> and its defenders. Um, there's a lot coming up about, you know, rape culture, consent and all this stuff. And there's always extremes, you know, but I feel like something that people, one, one thing that maybe generations before us or parents have failed to do and actually done the opposite of with gusto is like teaching little boys like that no means no and you know when you don't teach little boys that no means no or you say no you know three times and then the fourth time you give it up or whatever like they understand that they just need to keep pushing and they do that for their whole lives and and I'm sorry to like say it like this but people are surprised when people are out here like R-A-P-E-ing people and stuff like that and not calling it that not understanding it doing that and then saying like the woman agreed to it the woman asked for it like literally like we have an epidemic of like just people being violent towards each other and not really understand like sometimes people knowing exactly what they're doing but I do feel like sometimes just not understanding the actual like weight of their actions and situations and you know I was thinking I was like listening to a what was this song oh oh my god okay so now this is podcast piece (laughs) this is my newest podcast episode okay so yesterday I posted a picture to my Instagram I had like my hair all combed out I was just ooh, and my lioness is on the rise energy you know what I mean and I wrote Shea Butter Baby under it and say whatever you want about me but I haven't really listened to so much Ari Lennox so I'm like gonna put it on my story with Shea Butter Baby on my Instagram story with Shea Butter Baby clip of music and the clip I turned to is just talking about how like like they're in the back alley (laughs) she's like you know you're mesmerized by my hips something about the moon I was like ooh sexy she's like basically like fuck me up like against the alley by the trash can and I'm like yeah cool 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 yeah I I can get into it and after like three times I'm like I don't know this is this is a bit much and then I'm like okay what the fuck is this really and like sorry if this sounds like kink shaming people should do whatever they want whatever makes them feel comfortable and alive but I was like this is not for me (laughs) so I put on at, at this moment in time so I put on a different song but later I was thinking about um because there's like some men around me doing some construction and it's fucking god awful it's been really annoying there's one man who comes in the other day was like oh drew me down it's fucking queer and I was like oh (laughs) get the fuck out of here but I couldn't say that um anyways so much personal information but I was thinking about one of the reasons it made me feel so uncomfortable. And I mean, not not those words, obviously, not the bigotry, you know, we don't stand for bigotry and xenophobia, but um, and anti-Semitism. But more so, it was because like having these men in my house just left me feeling like an air of discomfort. And I was like, I'm packing that and thinking and thinking. And I was like, you know, there are so many tropes about like in porn and in how like sex is often viewed where there's like a plumber who's come in comes in the house and he's like I heard you need some pipe 
and like you know those like kind of cheesy like bad storylines that are like kind of funny that people might be into but you know being a mom of a young person who like has access to the internet a lot that I you know heavily monitor and stuff but thinking about their future thinking about the the climate we live in whatever you know so many young people and this is like you know a much had conversation this is nothing new that I'm saying but so many young people um especially though boys it affects differently have a first and this is not against sex workers or porn stars okay but it's an important note for the culture the first um interaction the first introduction the first experience they have with like seeing people coupling and intimacy is through porn and so much of those scenarios are very unrealistic and very degrading and this creates this sort of expectation of something that is just completely fake but because they don't know it's completely fake and because there's just like a war on reproductive justice and people and women and because the sex education in this country is terrible and you know because of the puritanical christian you know roots of some of these places where folks can't talk openly about sex or sex education or anything like that it leads to a lot of violence and i think it's like an important part of the conversation like this violence isn't happening when people are much older it starts when people are very young and they form these very unrealistic ideas and expectations and you know it's especially important now because there's all these boys who are like you know oh you know in cells to alt-right pipeline you know spending all your time on these games you know just like bashing women and then like turning into you know very violent people and so these these conversations are like actually really 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 important and another thing you know that I've spoken about and felt and I was reading the other day was like Um, I think Responsive Parenting posted this meme that was like, you know, who actually really benefits from obedient kids? Predators, you know, when people just blindly do what they're told and are also learning to stifle their reactions and not know what they want and stuff. Who benefits from that? Predators. So, you know, all this to say, it's really important that we're, that we have the emotional flexibility to hold space for our little people um, especially when they're uncomfortable and when it makes us uncomfortable and in the long run you know they're gonna thank you you're gonna thank yourself society's gonna thank you in the long run it's totally worth it you know and I think like one thing is like I know because capitalism is so you know terrible some people have really stringent schedules where they have to work all the time people are like you know like one thing that was always hard for me when I was growing up was like in getting up for school I mean to be fair my school was hell in the basement of a hell church but you know people would be like okay get up it's time for school and I have this very minuscule amount of time to like get ready and go to school and if I was slow or tired or uncomfortable it would be violence people would be like you know hurry up we're gonna be late and I'm sure they didn't think of it as violence and stuff but they didn't have time to like sit down with me help me like wake up and people might be like oh that's so fluffy that's for whatever and it's like no 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 like it's it's important (laughs) those are the things that do require time and gentleness and patience so I know that because of 
the stringencies of like capitalism and people like I need to be to work at seven in the morning and I have to drop you off at school first and you have to eat for like people don't have time to eat their families people don't have time to hold space and then people don't have their own emotional flexibility to hold that space because they're exhausted and or they never learned it but yeah I just think it's important that I talk about more of my styles of gentle parenting and stuff and one of those things that I experienced today and that I wanted to share about was because like very you know very externally from the outside looking in people were very judgmental shocked and horrified and were just like what's going on like nobody should be crying like that and it was like well of course <laughs> you know another thing to remember is that through these very crucial developmental years you know when little kids their brains are still forming their emotions are still forming like because things are very new to them the small things the small losses the small emotional upsets they are the biggest emotional upset they've ever seen or experienced example the other day my child saw was watching bluey and bluey walked away and started crying about something and my child started weeping you know like why is bluey sad and like that was an appropriate reaction to that it's so easy to forget like as adults or you know maybe we actually just don't even remember because it was so long ago our brain has changed so much like as we grow things get we take them more in stride we understand them if we drop a ballpoint pen and we needed that pen to write with we don't have to have a meltdown because like we can borrow another pen or buy another pen or ask someone for a pen or we can come back to whatever we were signing or writing and finish it later as a child if you drop your toy that's it it's gone you lost it it's not in your hands you're learning about object permanence you're learning about losing things you're learning about attachment all of this stuff all at once and so like every the way that we as like big people and adults and the parents respond to those emotional upsets and treating them as if they are of the utmost importance it does require so much patience but again the payoff is so important You know, I remember things from when I was very young. And I think another big part of, like, how gentle parenting works, or whatever you want to call it, is that you actually respect little people as fully autonomous human beings. So many people have been raised not to do that. And I see that even in, like, like my son is, like, my family. Like, yes, I limit (laughs) certain conversations and experiences from him but like if I'm sitting with my son and someone walks up to us it's always so interesting to me because the way that I see people treat toddlers and babies you know often is very toxic there's this thing where because we live in like a carceral state and we just like you know internalize the fact that some people have lost their rights we just believe that some people have lost their rights and because we live in a society with some of those underlying beliefs when we see people who we perceive as helpless or whatever some of us we think we can treat them however from like the ableism of people just moving wheelchair users aside when they're quote-unquote in their way just people consistently putting their hands where they don't belong and so you know and maybe this sounds excessive or whatever but like when people would come up to my baby and just try to kiss my baby or hug my baby or emotionally manipulate my baby like I'm leaving don't you want to give me a hug goodbye I'll be sad if you don't give me a hug goodbye like no like you can't do that would you do that to your coworker? and the more that I observe people's behaviors around toddlers the more I feel like 
it's so interesting because people as a I well I'm coming from a belief right that as a society as a culture we're very unhealthy right there's a there's a lot of issues there are a lot of problems that's just how I feel <laughs> and because people have just compartmentalized societally and individually things for so long you know especially like the generations right above mine like didn't have any like real emotional regulation or healing people talk a lot about like in boomers and millennials how there was this distinction of we millennials being able to you know uh, break through ancestral wounds, heal ancestral karma, deal with generational patterns of trauma, and how, you know, our elders actually just didn't have the language, the knowledge, the tools, the resources to do any of that. I feel like because a lot of people from many generations were not able to really resource themselves emotionally, they basically take that out on like more helpless things, right? It's this very like toxic dynamic that's basically about narcissism and coercion because that's what this state is. And so when I see people doing stuff like that to kids, it's so interesting, especially babies and toddlers, because like babies and toddlers are not teddy bears. If you need something to squeeze to get all your emotions out onto, you know, don't try to transfer that energy onto a baby find a fucking therapist excuse me go for a walk cry in the forest but you know every baby people see people think they have an entitlement to and I'm sure this sounds very different for some people and it might be very off-putting but it's like there's a difference between like seeing a baby and feeling like the emotions of like wow a new human life and like wanting to like kiss their forehead then in being like in demanding that they give you some type of emotional satisfaction some type of emotional validation and that's what I feel like happens a lot with kids and because that's something that as a society people have for the most part internalized and accepted that's why when there's a kid at the grocery store with the auntie the auntie feels like embarrassed and like you know smacks the kid and takes the kid out or yells at the kid they feel like their authority is being challenged by someone who's not supposed to have authority and that's why it's so upsetting that's why people are just like hitting their kids like i'm the adult you're the child it's like but they do have authority they are alive on this planet are they not they deserve as much respect as anyone else you know as your co-workers as your spiritual leaders as the checkout person at the store they deserve that kindness and respect And, like, there are certain things that if you saw someone who was a checkout person or your coworker doing, you know, that maybe indicated to you that they might be having an emotionally hard time, you would actually probably offer them support or give them space. You wouldn't go out of your way to, like, shame them about it or make them, like, you know, compartmentalize it. And so... It's just so important, you know. I've, like, written a little bit about my gentle parenting journey and stuff. Um, and, you know, we'll do so again. But, like, there have been times, like, I'll have, a, like, a grocery cart full of stuff. And then, you know, my son will be just super overstimulated, overwhelmed. 
and I will like walk out with the cart and when I'm in the car like you know offering my son water or talking to my son or something I realize like oh like that's cool because like people have done that to me when I was young but in a very vicious way like okay well well we'll put away all the Christmas presents you know like we'll leave the store because you don't deserve it like I have left the store and been like oh you can't be here right now so I'll have to come back for whatever it is I came here for my food my groceries my whatever and people might think like what a luxury that you can plan your whole life around your child and I'm like okay (laughs) but that's a priority for me (laughs) like I brought this human being onto this planet and if I'm the one who can understand when they're upset or need support or are not are just tired of being in an artificial environment with million watt fluorescent lights and stuff then I'm gonna take them out of that environment like no questions asked and that's a lot of like work and that might be overwhelming for me and extra planning for me of how I'm going to move and when I'm going to shop and all this kind of stuff but ultimately it's worth it you know it's just anyways whew, I had a lot to say <laughs> I just you know it hurts me when I see people treating like kids in this way that is like ultimately very dehumanizing and ultimately crying is actually really good for toddlers and kids if it's because they are upset and they're learning their emotions like there's a difference between emotionally abandoning them and actually sitting with them and saying like you're yeah like you're sad or you're disappointed or you're angry and that's okay you can feel that emotion that's a part of being human I'm not going to judge you for that I'll be here with you while you experience that thing but it's important that you feel it and that's normal like it's so funny because there's this like old you know thing that I hear especially from boomers of like oh you know leave the leave the stove and when the kid puts their hand on the stove they'll get a big blister and they'll, they'll come back and they'll know not to get burned again it's like, <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like no one ever showed them how to, how to kind of have anything like that with their emotions. Like they weren't allowed to like feel. Anyways, I'm really jumping across, you know, generations and barters and stuff. So I should probably take a step back and breathe. <laughs> Um, but I just wanted to share that experience from this morning because I consider it such a success. I'm so proud that I was able to stand in that no with my toddler, um, in a very loving way, but also in a very like stern, like not stern, but like, you know, assertive, gentle parenting way, you know, nobody was like hit or shamed or violated, you know? And this is going to be probably a common theme now, this no. But the next time, instead of being 15 minutes, maybe it'll be like 11 minutes that we sit together. And then maybe like five minutes. And then maybe just like a minute of just being like, but I really want it. And maybe like, yeah, but you can't have it. And then you're like, okay. (laughs) And I love that. I don't know, I'm so like, I feel so cringe about saying this now. I'm like, oh my God, can I post this? Because I just like feel the judgment of like the entire way that I was raised. People will be like, I would never let my child push me around. 
or you know you're a bad person for letting your kid cry for that or whatever I just kind of feel it from all angles but I'm really proud of myself (laughs) and my child and our no so (laughs) that was the story (laughs) um that's all I wanted to say since I'm here I should probably make a few more announcements since this is a podcast with Mario in the background um let's see I have a lot of new products on my shop luckystar.bigcartel.com um I have some just totally incredible new um lotions and skin creams that I'm gonna be posting um this week they are just like shea butter and magnesium heaven to just help you just relax unwind and just (sighs) be in your intuitive beautiful strong auric field um yeah so check it out there's a lot of great stuff on there um what else do i want to say yeah i think that's it i don't have any events coming up i want to talk about um stay tuned for the um oh you know um the indian child welfare act is being heard now the like there's like basically a fight to shut down the indian child welfare act which is um totally an act of genocide which is very sick which is very evil um earlier in the spring i watched some great documentaries about the indian child welfare act i think i posted them on my twitter so if you um if you are on my twitter and you search like um icwa icwa or residential schools it might come up but um essentially you know the indian child welfare act was made really recently i think in 1976 um to stop like native children from being taken out of their homes and put into white foster homes and basically the way that it's happening now is it would basically be selling native children to white people on a massive level like so if a child had to be removed from their home what it what does is is tries to make it so that the child can stay in the tribe and with family member with a grandma with an uncle with an auntie if they can't be with their family so they're not stripped of their their culture their relatives everyone they know um and it's actually a really big deal um it's really important it's really big for indigenous people indigenous families um but as Inchi always says, you know, indigenous people, Lakota people are the miners canary because she would say when it happens to us, like it's already too late for you guys. And if y'all are coming from a selfish perspective, I'll tell you right now that the Indian Child Welfare Act is also the way that they're trying to fight this case um, is also in a way to say like that it, it basically that it's racist, that there can't be a law based on like racial discrimination um which they're trying to just tear down (laughs) civil rights essentially um but there's also a way that the person who's basically the lead on trying to destroy equal right now is like also doing this um in support of big oil his name uh, it starts with a g i don't know um he basically he's doing this like pro bono um because this is going to help big oil um it's really devastating it's really sick and i can't 
overstate how important it is that this not be allowed to be dismantled. And everyone actually needs to be learning about the Indian Child Welfare Act, studying it, um, sharing articles about it, talking about it, voting about it, calling, you know, whatever. But people need to know what's going on right now. Um, you know, and it's really disgusting because it's like, you know, that whole thing, the man who like started Carlisle boarding school, who was like, you know, famous because he was like, kill the Indian, save the man. That whole thing of like stripping indigenous children from their identity, trying to beat them into being white essentially you know it has like a a a more modern language but it's not any different if you're going to be taking all of these native children and putting them with all these white families it's it's uh it's still an extension of expanding colonialism and it's evil and it's it's funny because it it um that saying is really really similar to that saying that christians say about lgbtqia plus people right which is like you know don't hate the sinner hate the sin it's like you know the parts of a person that make a person who they are you cannot strip from them and expect i don't know it's just a sick project please stop it please pay attention to what's going on (sighs) yeah heavy shit um pay attention to what's going on take care of y'all selves be careful out here you know strange times and um yeah one love